0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And Chuck, may I say, kulu amwa antum be kair. as alaikum to you, my friend. So, um... Chuck and I were speaking Arabic to one another? Yeah. Um, What did you say? I said, may you be well throughout the year. Okay. I I should say that I want to qualify that by that's the translation presented in the House to Forks article. (laughs) It's not Babel Fish. I said, peace be with you. Peace be upon you. Thanks. That's a general greeting. Well, those are very nice greetings. Yeah. They're particularly appropriate um, to... say to one another, the whole reason we're speaking Arabic to one another right now is because, you may or may not know this, if you're one of the um, sixth of the world's population who practice Islam, you're probably well aware of this. Mm -hmm. But for the other five-sixths, it's Ramadan right now. That's right. It's a big month. 1300000000 billion-ish.
0: I'd like to say a sixth. Second largest religion behind Christianity, of course.
1: And... uh, Oh, Are you sure it's Christianity, really? Of course. What are you talking about? I thought there were way more Muslims than Christians. No. Huh. There's
0: like over two billion Christians.
1: I did not know that.
0: You thought that it was the number one religion in the Uh world? Really? Yeah.
1: No. That or uh, maybe Buddhism. No. Christianity. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, dude. Christianity's. They're number one. They've got that missionary outreach program. (laughs) I guess it's been effective. They got it down pat. Okay.
0: Uh, so July 18th. I'm sorry, July 19th through August 18th this year, and we will explain why it's this year because it falls at a different time every year. Yeah. Well, we can
1: explain why now because they use a lunar calendar.
0: We got smacked down for this, remember? No. Uh, in one of our shows a year or two ago, we said something about Ramadan falls on this, and people wrote in and said actually it falls at a different time every it year. It was
1: probably the fasting episode.
0: Yeah, I think that was it.
1: It would make sense. Yeah,
0: and we were like, oh. Wow, we need to educate ourselves, and we did. Yeah, we spent the last year and a half studying uh, Islam.
1: The, yeah, this is the culmination of a year and a half of Islamic studies <laughs> that you and I undertook to do the Ramadan episode. All
0: right, so lunar calendar—that's where it all starts. Oh, okay. Is that where we're starting? Well, you already mentioned it, so I'm just bringing it back.
1: All right. Well, the the lunar—you know—we're used to the solar calendar, the one that um, is used in the West, the three 365-day calendar, yeah, boring. based on the cycle of the sun, yeah. A lunar calendar um, breaks months down by when a new moon is sighted and then the next time a new moon is sighted. And there's a lot of um, disagreement about what sighting a new moon means. But the point is it's based on the cycle of the moon. Yeah. In America,
0: uh, Muslims in America generally adhere to the um, Islamic Society of North America. And when they get together and they say... This is when Ramadan starts this year.
1: Right. So Ramadan starts as the ninth month of the um, Muslim calendar. So it's the ninth new moon of the year. And what it kicks off is the holiest, most joyful, most introspective, most um, charitable month of the year for Muslims. Basically, Ramadan. It's the name of the month, but it's also the name of this month-long celebration. Um is is basically like the come back to Islam month for all you Muslims, <laughs> and those of you who aren't maybe come get acquainted. Right, but it is all about like getting back to your religious roots as a Muslim. That's pretty much the point of Ramadan.
0: That's right. And the ninth month uh, you mentioned is uh, significant because in 610 A.D. there was a uh, camel trader named Muhammad. Yep, traveling through the desert, and he had a vision from uh, an Saudi Arabia, modern-day Saudi Arabia.
1: Yeah, outside Mecca.
0: And he uh, had a vision from an angel, the angel Gabriel, and said, basically, you are the chosen one, dude, Mm -hmm. and you will receive the word of God to dispense to the people. And that was in the ninth month. So that's why Ramadan happens in the ninth month.
1: Yeah, it's like the most blessed month. Because that was, to Muslims, the most significant thing that's ever happened in the history of Earth.
0: Sure, and the, the words that came... Through Muhammad was uh, ended up being the Quran.
1: Yeah, it was transcribed. Yeah. So uh, as part of Ramadan, the entire Quran is read is read out loud uh, at mosques around the world, um, and they read a little bit every night. And so about a thirtieth of the Quran is read. Then over the course of the month, the whole thing is read. Bam, Quran read, uh, Ramadan done. And the prayer where they read him is called the
0: Tarawih, and I need to say a special thank you to uh Kedir Azali put out a call on Facebook. We got any Muslims out there? We need some help, or I guess I could have said Arabic speakers in general, sure, but I wanted you know I wanted it from the horse's mouth right so uh Kedir emailed me and I had a list of words and he gave me his best uh shot at phonetic pronunciations and so thanks a lot man
1: Th- yeah thanks a lot Kedir big big help I mean that's a uh Chuck's doing great because of you.
0: Well, I just don't want to stumble through this and offend people like we. No, have I'm, to I'm do. with <laughs> you. I
1: think it was a good move.
0: So the prayer that uh, in which uh, in the mosque that you were uh, reciting
1: the Quran or the Quran, I guess is how I said it is Tarawi. Mm-hmm. That's the prayer, and you say that every night. That's right. That's the nightly prayer during Ramadan, right? Yeah, and I think it's not required. This part, but it is
0: highly encouraged that you do stuff like this.
1: Well, yeah it's the it's the whole point I think like also. I, I don't know, but I would guess that there's. Um, it's the same with, like, say, Christmas time among Christians. There's people who, like, use the the Christmas season, yeah. to reflect and to be charitable and to go to mass, right? Or uh, during Lent, fasting. Sure. H- um, does that equal like fasting every day or giving up chocolate or something like that for forty days? Right. I think it probably depends on the. Depth of your adherence, but the point is, Ramadan is there so that you can come back and just kind of get back in touch with Islam and yourself too. Because the main component, aside from the nightly, um, the nightly prayers Mm -hmm. and the reading of the Quran in its entirety during that month, is fasting. Yeah, which is really
0: the big, the big
1: part. Yeah. So um, fasting is one of the five pillars of Islam. There's fasting. There's alms giving. Um, there is daily prayer, uh, and then there's a pilgrimage to Mecca at least once in your lifetime. If you're able to. Is that right?
0: Yeah. They give you a break if you, you know, you can't afford it and gotcha or you're, you know, like infirmed or something.
1: Right. Um, and then there's Shahada, which is, um, the, the, uh, I guess it's the first pillar probably It it's is basically the belief in the creed of Islam, which is that Allah is God and Muhammad's his prophet. Yeah. So you've got those five pillars. So if, if the belief in God and fasting are on the same level, that's a big deal. Yeah. And so this is the month that you really do it. And there's specific guidelines laid out for how you fast and when you fast, right?
0: Yeah. You start at the age of 12, which is um, in Islam is, I don't know if that's when they consider you an adult, but that's when most of the, uh, that's when you get involved in Islam, as you know, as far as fasting and stuff like that goes, mm-hmm. you're, I guess you're no longer considered like a child. So at 12 years old, you can start fasting. And um, one of the big parts about the fast is not just that you say, you know what, I'm not going to eat during the daytime from sun up to sundown. I'm just not going to eat. I could lose a few pounds, <laughs> and you know, it it's, can kill two birds with one stone. Right. Uh, the the really important part, and the really the only way for the fast to count. Is uh, has to do with a word called uh, Niyah, n i y y a h, and that literally means intention. And What I gather from this is that if, like, the fast has to truly come from your heart, for the sole purpose of praising Allah.
1: Right. It's not like you said, like you want to lose a little weight, or you know, you're um, you're an IRA prisoner or something like that for political reasons. It's like you're doing it to be closer to God or to be A good Muslim.
0: Yeah, and if you don't, in in the scripture it says, quote, whoever does not make Niyah before dawn would not have fasted. So unless you really feel it in your heart, then it doesn't count.
1: Right. So, make it count. But everything counts like a little more during Ramadan, apparently. So this is a very special month. Um, During this month, uh, according to the Quran, the um, gates of heaven are open. So angels are coming freely down to earth to help out Uh but the gates of hell are locked and all the demons within are chained so you are basically the the path is cleared Mm. for you to really just kind of shed all of your baggage from the year your um, prayers that are done every night are a way to um, basically clear off clear your conscience of any wrongdoing you've done
0: yeah they should make Demons locked away like twelve months out of the year. So
1: no, well, here's 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 the thing. There's there's an answer to that. If you if the demons were locked up twelve months a year, then um, it'd be all on you. That's the point during Ramadan. If you do wrongdoing or evil, yeah, sure. that is all you. I can take that. I can take that pressure. Can you? <laughs> sure.
0: Why not? Okay. Uh, and not to make light of it, I'm just joking around. Oh, you mean, know what I'm. Cool. Cool. Um, so the actual practice of, of fasting, uh, what happens is you wake up early, you know, before dawn, if you Mm want to have anything to eat and you, uh, eat a meal called a sahur and that gets you going through the day. Sun comes up, then you can't eat at all.
1: Right. Or drink water. Yeah. Or anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be like nothing. Uh, it's a good point. Um, then when the sun sets, you break the fast with, uh, with a meal called iftar. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Ishtar. No, <laughs> you shouldn't confuse anything with Ishtar. And this is your meal after the sun sets to kind of replenish your body. So you probably start off eating like some sweet, drinking some sweet drinks and or dates. Are eating, a big one, yeah, eating dates and basically that you want to like give some energy to your body to get it going again.
1: And I was reading an article on the BBC about Ramadan, and I, it was written by a, a Muslim scholar. Um and he was basically kind of chastising people who stock up, as he put it, for mm-hmm. Ramadan. Which it's like, okay, we didn't eat all day, so we're gonna eat like two days worth of food at night. And he was like, That's not the point, you can't do that. So Well it says you can though. It says you can eat whatever you how however much you want. Right, you can, but I this guy he's saying like yes, you can. He's a purist. He was being a purist, yeah. Gotcha. He was saying that's not the point. All right. Well, so says he. <laughs> um the
0: it's a rich meal. Because it's got to tide you over, obviously, unless you're just picking out a McDonald's at two in the morning. Right. And um, it includes a dessert uh, called a kanafa or a uh, kataif. And the kataif looks sort of like an empanada, Mm -hmm. from what I can tell. And the kanafa is a cake made of wheat sugar, honey, and raisins, and nuts. And it looks sort of like just a sheet cake, like a single layer sheet cake. And they both look quite delicious. I would like to try each.
1: There's other ones too, like baklava is one. That's oh, sure. A, that's a good one. Classic. Yeah. Um, so Chuck, you've got your, uh, ishtar? Iftar? Iftar. Yeah. yeah. I actually did confuse ishtar. That's the nighttime meal. Right. Yeah. That's the nighttime meal. You go to bed, you wake up, you have a, a sahur, and then the, the, the day begins where you're fasting. If you are sick, um, if you are chronically or acutely ill, um, the Quran specifically eg- exempts you from fasting during Ramadan. It, it basically it? says, like, all I want you to be well, and you need food and water during this time, so just go ahead and take care of yourself. Apparently, a lot of Muslims still who are sick fast uh-huh. during Ramadan. Wow! So, um, uh, Muslim doctors or doctors in the Muslim world have had to kind of think on their feet a little more to figure out how. To take care of these patients who are like, I'm not putting anything in my mouth the whole time I'm open. Right. So uh, the, they they use like time release capsules, yeah. um, transdermal patches, that kind of stuff because you can't take a pill that's breaking your fast.
0: But they they don't consider that breaking the fast, I guess, as long as it doesn't enter your mouth. Yes. Oh, well, that's, that's good. That's how I took it.
1: It's called a workaround, right? <laughs> in the modern world. But that's uh, that's pretty devout. Yeah. Um and apparently the, the it's most dangerous of all to um diabetics who are Muslim and are trying to fast. And sure, it's like you can give it a shot, but if your blood sugar goes low, like you need to break your fast immediately. So you can't even take like an insulin shot or you can? You could take an insulin shot, but I think like that's Right. You wanna try to keep your blood sugar up naturally huh. first.
0: Well I'm glad they at least, you know, take care of the sick.
1: Well, it's specifically exempted yeah. in the Quran.
0: Well, I guess like the pilgrimage too, if you're able to, right? Like we don't want you to break your back, or if you can't afford it, you can't go. Yeah. Uh, so fasting is is a big deal, and it's not. It, it's symbolic. A, um, it means that you're not paying attention to your uh, earthly needs. Um, that opens you up to uh, be more inviting for Allah to, you know, to have that personal connection with Allah. Right. It frees you up. Uh, Which is a big deal. And it's also um, a one-two punch because you are supposed to feel hungry and know what it's like for those who maybe can't afford food. So, like, a big part of it is the connection with uh, the needy. Yeah. And those who might be going hungry because they can't
1: help it. Right. Because, again, it's one of the more um, charitable times of the year when it's, you know, kind of everybody gives that little extra. Sure. Um and then also, Chuck. It also practices self-control, which is a good one. Yeah, cleansing. Yeah. So you you've got the uh, you, you're going through Ramadan. You're you're going along at a pretty steady clip. And then the last ten days, um, you enter this time where it becomes basically the holy of the holies, as far as the year is concerned, as far as the the Muslim calendar is concerned. There's this night called uh, Lilatol Qadr. Did he give you the pronunciation for that one? No, I didn't. I don't know anything about that. I think I got that one. I'm hoping. So that was the night that uh, Muhammad first started reciting the Quran, as far as I could tell. Okay. It wasn't the night. I don't think it was the night that the archangel Gabriel came down and said, Hey, man, prepare for transmission because you're about to get the holy word of Allah. Right. Um, I think it was the night that he did start saying the Quran, and what was eventually transcribed into the Quran. Okay. Okay? So It's a very holy night. The thing was, it was not recorded, the date, so no one knows when it was. They just know that it was in the last 10 days of Ramadan. Traditionally, it's celebrated on the 27th day of Ramadan, and this is the day where you do your prayers. What are the prayers called during Ramadan? The Tarawee? Yeah. Um, you you do your nightly prayer on this night. They say that it is, it has the um. It has it's worth more than a thousand months of worship? Like if you do, if you pray and like you're a good devout Muslim on this one night, like it just takes care of everything. Wow. Yeah. And then after that, um, you've got a couple more days of Ramadan, and then the end. A big party. Yeah.
0: You fasted that long. It's time to celebrate. Uh, when you break the fast, you, uh, say takbir, which takbir, the literal translation is, um, Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. There is no deity worth, uh, worthy of worship but Allah, and Allah is greatest. Allah is the greatest, and all praise is due to Allah. Mm -hmm. And this can be said. There's a variety of moments. Uh, in a Muslim's life on a monthly basis that they will say this you know it's not just at the end of Ramadan it could be a uh, battle cry, it could be in times of uh, need uh, basically it's just an expression that nothing is is greater than Allah and when you have completed this really important task at the end of Ramadan, this is what they say uh, men are supposed to say it out loud, women are supposed to just think it. no comment on that. <laughs> But basically, that's the end of Ramadan, and then it's time for the celebration, the Eid al-Fitr. Right. Which is,
1: you know, it's kind of a uh, a party. And everybody says Eid Mubarak, which means a blessed Eid. That's right. Yeah. Eid means festivity. Uh-huh.
0: Fitr means breaking the fast. Yep. Yeah. So this is the party where you break the fast. And
1: everybody gets gussied up and dressed to the nines, yeah. and um, they go seek out the poor. They chase them down in the streets and then give them money and food. Yeah. They light up their houses. What, with lanterns and stuff? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very beautiful. It's not Muslim Christmas. I no. know people in the Western world always like to like say, well, oh, this is like a Easter. This is like, you know, 4th of July is, uh, the
1: Cinco de Mayo in Mexico. <laughs> it's like none of this is true. Yeah, that's true. That was a good thing to point out, Chuck. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Um, and so what else happens after that? with Adolf Littier. I didn't get from this um, article how long it lasts. Like, is it a... I didn't either, One actually. night? Is it like a week-long thing? Does it depend on the, how the economy's doing that year? That's a good question. I didn't get to that either. Huh. Well, I'm sure someone
0: will inform us. I hope so. But it is a big party and um, lots of uh, generosity and gratitude among each other and, like you said, toward the poor. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Uh, so in the end... Um, Ramadan accomplishes a bunch of things. That's going to strengthen your relationship with Allah. Very important. Uh, It's going to enforce patience and determination. I imagine going through a month-long sunup to sundown fast will do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's got to be times for that month where you're like, I'm having a really bad day and I want a cheeseburger. Yeah, I'm
0: sure. (laughs) Uh, Promotes the principles of sincerity uh, by uh, making you shy away from arrogance Mm -hmm. and showing off. That's kind of cool. Sure. Like, I like all these tenets. Uh, promotes good character and truthfulness, which is a good one. Um, encourage you to do away with bad habits, I guess, if you've got some bad habits. Ramadan would be a good time to wash those away. Sure. Because the whole 30 days theory of, you know, starting a new
1: habit. Plus you're practicing self-restraint already anyway. Exactly.
0: Uh, enhances generosity and hospitality. Uh, reinforces the commonality and the feeling of brotherhood with other Muslims, which is a big deal. Um Observance of the value of time, which makes sense. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it were me, I'd be
1: watching that, that sun go down each night. Right. <laughs> and Well, plus also, you're not just wandering around looking for food and stuffing your face. You have sure. more time, so yeah, yeah. do something with it. Yeah, makes you value time, I guess. Right. And um, teaches children uh,
0: to perform acts of uh, like servitude and obedience, be kind to the poor, that kind of thing. Yeah. Basically. Get your life back in balance. Get your spiritual life back in balance.
1: Be a good Muslim. That's what it's saying. That's right. So this year, um, since it's a lunar calendar, it falls on at different times of the year every year, and not even like different, like oh, this this is ju- this year it's July first, and then next year it's going to be like July fifth or something. It's like in five or six years or something like that, it'll be in like November.
0: Yeah, it's like it's all over the the twelve month map, right?
1: Right. So um, this year if you're in the United States, uh, the, um, North, the Islamic society of North America, you said, yeah. Um, they, uh, they said, okay, the new moon sighted, uh, on July 20th and they use astronomical calculations and there's a big debate over, you know, whether, um, that's okay. And they're saying, yes, of course it's okay. We're, where it's actually more precise. You don't have to see it. There's nothing in the Quran that says you have to see it. Right. Other people say no. In the Quran, it's when the new moon is sighted. You can't sight it with astronomical calculations. Right. You have to use your peeper. So there's a debate. Apparently, all this Do they goes say away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, all this goes away. Like during, like once Ramadan starts over, it's like okay, whatever. It's Ramadan. Be quiet. Right. Um, but there's two arguments on whether to, like, if you're in North America. That's not Mecca, sure. So there's different arguments. and one argument for using a local sighting is, well, these are the people that you're celebrating Ramadan with, your community. What's one of the reasons for it is to be Together. part of a local sure. community. Another, but then the other argument um, to use, like say, the Mecca sighting, where mm. you know when the new moon appears over Mecca, is that it unites Muslims around the world in this in their yeah Muslimness. At the center of it. Those are both good points. But neither one's settled. I really? mean, in, in the U.S., they still use the Islamic Society of North America ba- mainly. So. Is
0: it a hot debate or is it?
1: I don't think. I, I think it's an ongoing debate. Right. I, but again, I think once Ramadan starts, it's like everybody says. Just...
0: The important thing is that we're all together here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Love it. Pretty interesting stuff.
0: And I didn't know much about it. I knew those fasting, but um, it's good to, you know. I've always said one of the coolest classes I took in college at Georgia was my religion class. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. I think uh, it's good to open yourself up to
1: learn about stuff, whether or not you subscribe to any of it. Knowledge, you know. And just listening to this podcast is a good start. Agreed. Um, And if uh, August 19th comes around and you have a Muslim friend, make sure to wish them uh, Eid Mubarak, because that's Eid al-Fitr this year. August 19th in North America. Just remember. That's right. Uh, Okay, that's it for uh, Ramadan. If you want to learn more about it, you can type that into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. R-A-M-A-D-A-N. And I said search bar, which means it's time for a listener mail. No,
0: it's not, Josh. It is time for... Administrative
1: (laughs) Detail.
0: (laughs) It's been a while. So this is going to span a couple of shows because it's pretty long. We've had an ongoing list, or actually...
1: And that's just the ones you've compiled so far. I still have, like, a backlog myself.
0: So let me give you this page, and I'll take this one and just sort of mark where you left off, and we'll, we'll finish up. Wow. There's, like, three pages. All right, so first of all, Bobby Duke, my man, the wood carver. Awesome, awesome stuff. He carved us this handmade stuff you should know thing i've promoted before it's on our tv show yeah and it's like it's really awesome and if you're into wood carving and you want to support bobby um duke is where
1: you can go yeah um okay i got one for you with the dot com dan of sharp shirter.com s-h-a-r-p-s-h-i-r-t-e-r sent us some great uh, awesome t-shirts Of a man punching a bear. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Giving a bear a haymaker, I believe. Yeah. I love that. Uh, We got stickers of that, too. Um, You can find him also at um, the Eastern Market in D.C. That's right.
0: Bailey, Denmark. You sent us dark chocolate and bacon cookies, which means that you know us
1: and you love us. Uh, And they were
0: delicious. And good luck at graduate school, Bailey.
1: Um, Jenny and Brian sent us some Spam-flavored macadamia nuts from Hawaii. Gracias. Mine are still sitting up there. I, I know. I'm waiting for like just the right moment. Well, I hope I'm around. Okay. Did you eat yours? I didn't get any. Oh, you didn't? No, you have the. You've been keeping them hostage. Oh, well, we'll we'll split them. Okay, we'll give Jerry one, and we'll eat the rest. Uh,
0: we got a book from Samuel uh, Samuel Lytle called Gold Star, and uh, we certainly appreciate that. Have not read it yet, but it's on the shelf.
1: Thanks, Sam. Um, I want to put in a special shout out to our buddies Glenn and Sonia for the bottle of champagne that they sent us, of course, um, for uh, reaching the million dollar loaned mark on Kiva, and they sent me and Yumi a bottle of champagne to congratulate us for our wedding. What? Do they have Classy. a champagne factory or something? Classy. No, <laughs> bought it all themselves. Uh, Pillow
0: Mob. Everyone has seen the Chuck Pillow? There was a Josh pillow, but you haven't really...
1: I keep the thing in hiding. (laughs) When I opened the box and I saw that, it activated the part of my brain that would be activated if it had been a human head. (laughs) Like, that's what was activated when I looked in the box. It's scary. Well, I love my Chuck Pillow.
0: It's made appearances all over my house to freak out Emily, like in the microwave, Mm -hmm. because I know she'll go to put her coffee in there each morning, and sometimes I'll put it in bed, and... When I go out of town, stuff like that. Anyway, <laughs> Pillow Mob is, I think they're out of Seattle, and they're pretty funny gifts. Yeah,
1: they're awesome. I would
0: suggest you get one for
1: somebody. What's their uh, website, PillowMob.com?
0: Uh, I'm not sure, but it's pretty easy to find. Search
1: Pillow Mob. Yeah. Lazy. Uh, I've got one. Illustrator Kevin Cornell sent us his book, Six Penny Anthems, Volume 2. Uh, he specifically asked not to be plugged because he didn't want uh, the gift to be disingenuous. Well, TS for you. Um, it's a really good compilation on um, the comics he's worked on, and you can find it at bearskinrug.co.uk. Kevin Cornell, heck of a guy. Awesome comics.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Man of Leisure send, uh, from Missoula, Montana sent us moonshine. Yeah. Like four
1: jars. And, and you've tried it. I tried it at work at my desk. I know. I watched <laughs> you do it. It was delicious. Because I wouldn't touch mine until you drank yours. Yeah, I tried the cinnamon. Um, yeah, Josh
0: like was like, try it, try it. I want to see if you drop dead. <laughs> and I tried the cinnamon, and man, it was hot
1: and delicious. I've got the citrus one, and it is just right. Oh, have you tried it? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, we got a postcard from the Spam mu- Museum, the spam museum uh, from Julie G. in Austin, Texas. Thank you. Uh,
0: we got a book called Swing from Alan uh, Gerstel. And he is a dude who
1: found out that his birth father was Louis Prima. Cool. So he says. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Uh, Jennifer sent us a cat ball. Those went to you because I yeah. don't have cats. I use it all the time. Yeah. Or uh, my cats yeah. Catball.com. Yeah, it's basically. Well, no, a, I'm sorry. Thecatball.com. T H E C A T B A L L.com.
0: Yeah, it's a big, hollow, uh, open on two sides, sort of fabricy ball that the cats can climb inside and. Uh, my cats just laying it, but other <laughs> ones probably play. More active cats play. Right. Uh, Liz at Little Bit Sweets, as always. Oh yeah. Uh, your candy and you is delicious, and your chocolate is delicious. And uh, we have an invite went next time we're in New York to come by and learn how to make chocolate. Nice. And supposedly they're coming by on their book tour. Oh yeah. So go to Little Bit L I D D A B I T Sweets and support them because they're like hand making these delicious things, and buy their book which. I don't have the name in front of me, but
1: I'm sure they have the information at the Little Bit sweets website. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Claire from Summit, New Jersey, sent us a very nice handwritten letter. Thank you very much for that, Claire. That's um, that's a dying art. It is. Uh, and I got one more, and then I feel
0: like we should probably continue this another time. Yeah. Uh, Maya, from the Brooklyn Brewery. Remember, they sent us a big box of stuff. Yeah including beach towels and stickers yep. and koozies and books, uh, including the brewmaster's table and beer school. Yeah, So uh, I've been drinking Brooklyn Brewery for a long time, since I lived in New Jersey many years ago. Nice.
1: And it's delicious stuff. It is great if stuff. If you're from that area, I'm sure you know it well. Yeah. If not, seek it out. Thanks, guys. Thanks all right. to all of you guys. Yeah, more to come. Uh, I guess next time, if you want to, if you send us something and you weren't included, you better listen to the next few podcasts. That's right. Um, if you want to send us something we're always happy when something comes for us always um, especially if it's not a severed head and it just turns out to be a, a pillow mom um, you can uh, get us uh, you can get our address by tweeting to us at sysk podcast you can ask us on facebook.com/ stuff you should know and you can send us an email saying hey where do I send you cool stuff uh, to stuff podcast at discovery.com.